Welcome to the Possibility Podcast. I'm Mel Schwartz, your host and thought provocateur. I've been practicing psychotherapy for well over 20 years. During that time, I've been so fortunate to witness countless breakthroughs while working with people, whether one-on-one, as a speaker, in professional trainings, or in workshops. The insights that I've garnered have inspired me to write over 100 articles and several books, including the companion title to this podcast, The Possibility Principle, which you can find wherever books are sold. On this and every episode, I'll be introducing new ways of thinking, relating, and communicating to help you truly thrive in your life, to reach the possibilities that you may long for. Think of this as a new game plan for living. Thanks for enjoying my emerging community of possibility seekers, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. I'd like to share with you today one of those reflections or insights that come to me because of the nature of my work. I'm really privileged in that people open up and share all aspects of their lives with me. And when they do, there are certain things that I notice. Maybe let's call them themes. And when a theme comes up, it crystallizes for me and I take a look at it. I take notice. And then I start to ask questions. I inquire more deeply. So the insight I'm going to share with you today has been clamoring for my attention for some time. It keeps banging at the door of my awareness. I may make a note, don't forget this, look into it. And that's what I'm going to talk with you about today. This episode is called Men Who Cry at Movies. I've noticed recurringly dozens of times, either from their girlfriends, their wives, or from men themselves, that men who share that they cry at a movie, a heartbreaking movie, a sentimental movie, a sad movie, or men who cry from reading the proverbial Hallmark card. When I come to ask them if they cry in regular life, not once have I ever heard such a man say yes. And I had to take notice of that. They can cry easily when it's not about them, a character in a movie or a greeting card. It brings forth their tears, their sentimentality, their emotional connection, maybe their sadness. But they never allow themselves to cry on their own, either in their own company with their own self or in front of others. This is the kind of thing that I find to be noteworthy. And this kind of speaks to a deep inner conflict that runs between a man's heart and his mind. Let me pause for a moment. All generalizations are, of course, incorrect. And I am making a generalization here, and there are no doubt innumerable exceptions. And in terms of gender generalizations, what I'm saying here may be true of many women and some men it's not true of. So those are my disclaimers. Gender distinctions, like all subjects, should never be categorized or generalized. But I am doing so here, and I apologize for that. What I've discerned, what has been illuminated for me from working with these men, 
is the thought of crying for personal reasons appears taboo. Just think about the belief, strong men don't cry. Yet those strong, italicize the word strong here, and it's tongue in cheek, those strong men can comfortably shed tears by things external to them, movies, cards, perhaps other things. There must be a cultural message still prevailing that imposes boundaries on such men. Now, maybe the reason I've taken note of this has to do very much with myself and with my father. I have never, to my memory, cried from a movie or a card. But boy, my tears can flow effortlessly from a nostalgic memory from childhood, from sadness, from loss. On the occasions when I say goodbye to family members, or in particular my sons, knowing I won't see them for some time, my eyes well up. I'll never forget those trips dropping my sons off to college, where they were anticipating my dive into vulnerability. <laughs> they went into hiding. But several decades, a lot of decades later, I'm still prone to similar displays of emotional effusiveness. My dad could cry at the drop of a hat. It was as though there was no boundary. You know, sometimes I think about the custom of men wearing neckties, which has become less common now in the time of the pandemic. But I thought of the symbolism of a necktie, which I found interesting. A necktie separates a man's head from his heart. And in so many traditional, Western cultures, men's hearts and minds become severed. I have even found myself in working with such men who have had heart attacks say to them, your heart attacked you. Rather than thinking I had a heart attack, the heart is clamoring for attention. And when that heart is ignored, it might rise up and attack. So the more I look into this dichotomy between memories and feelings that need to surface one way or the other, but if they get repressed and you can only extrude those vulnerable emotions externally around a movie or a card, you're trapping the feelings within yourself. Tears are an expression of trapped energy that needs to be surfaced. Now, I don't just mean sadness or sentimentality here. The greater, the more direct correlation between the tears and the personal reason for them, the greater the emotional, physical congruity. Here's what I mean. In many men, in many people, there is this prevailing cultural myth that I have to act strong. Now, you may have read my writing or heard me say in the past, acting strong is weak because acting is weak. We get a cultural message in Western culture that I think is completely ass backwards. I never want to act strong. If I can paradoxically embrace my vulnerability, my insecurity, my sadness, my softer self, if I can embrace it, and not worry what someone else thinks, then embracing vulnerability is in fact strong, powerful, but most importantly, it's authentic. 
You see, tears aren't about sadness, but they are a cathartic relief that comes from freeing some part of yourself that's been trapped. In my therapy sessions, or in my life personally, I've often found that it can occur at a very, very surprising moment. Something is said which seems innocuous enough, and all of a sudden tears come. That is a part of your being. It is a part of your soul that you have either consciously trapped and suppressed, or it's been unconscious. And if you stumble upon something, and in a moment where it's not expected at all, tears come to you, stop, please. Honor that moment. Think to yourself, what just came up that I need to see, embrace, and honor? Tears, of course, can be tears of happiness, tears of sadness, tears of nostalgia, or again, tears that simply are expressing your human release of something trapped within you. Tears are a symbol of vulnerability, and vulnerability is loving. Again, the message we get in Western culture, in competitive and intensely individualistic culture, is to not be vulnerable. That means don't be human. Does that make any sense at all? Act strong, don't be human, don't show emotionality or weakness. We're getting perverse messages in our culture, and the results are really self-evident everywhere we look. Think about tears. Think about your relationship with crying, whether you're a woman or a man. Does it embarrass you? If so, why? Is it something you picked up in your childhood? Did your parents or a teacher or somebody give you the message that you should not cry in front of others unless it's at a funeral or at a movie? If you want to take ownership of your own growth and emergence as a human being, Please rethink your relationship with tears and crying and open to the notion that tears are a deep inner resource that are expressing themselves and need to be expressed for good reason. In closing today, for men who only cry at movies and cards, gentlemen, there lies trapped within you a kinder, more sensitive, gentler aspect of your being, and if you could set your intention to allow those tears to come when and if they choose, and think, I won't be embarrassed by them. They're part of my being. There is no shame. And indeed, the shame might be in suppressing those deep, profound feelings within you, which need to see the light of day. So until next time, be well. Stay safe, and we'll talk soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Possibility Podcast with me, Mel Schwartz. To learn more about this topic and related subjects, please be sure to check out The Possibility Principle, my book, at thepossibilityprinciple.com. I always welcome and look forward to your feedback. Please leave a comment at the show notes for this episode at melschwartz.com slash podcast, or simply send me an email at mel at melschwartz.com. You can also use that email address if you'd like 
like to be a caller on a future show and have a topic you'd like me to discuss. If you never want to miss an episode, find The Possibility Principle in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And be sure to hit that subscribe button. You'll get new episodes as soon as they are released. And if you know anyone who might benefit from The Possibility Podcast, please tell them about the show. Thank you for listening. And until next time, have a great day and keep summoning up those new possibilities. Possibilities.